Good morning, New Life family. Good to see you today. It's uh, December. A lot of families are out having fun, visiting with one another, going out of town. And it's kind of chilly outside, so some of them have chose to stay home and enjoy us on Amen the Web. Amen. Good to see you today. You have made a good decision to be here. Ah, it's amazing how when we gather together, how the Lord meets us just in the manner that we need. Does anybody need Jesus today? I need him. Amen. And we're talking about the blesser, or rather the blessing or the blesser. What have you decided to go after today, the blessing or the blesser? And we're going to talk about this word connect, connection, very important. The most important aspect of our relationship with God is being connected with him. Amen. Very, very important. And so uh, God connected with Adam in the beginning. God loved Adam. And Adam disconnected with God because Adam did not, did not know that God loved him. Think about that for a moment. How could he? How could Adam know that God loved him? He hadn't experienced God on the level of his passion for Adam. He just didn't know what he didn't know. Has anybody experienced the fact that when you finally found something out, it's like, oh, my goodness, how did I miss that? And you just don't know what you don't know. And so Adam broke fellowship with God and um, challenges came behind that. Opportunities, as we would call them today, <laughs> to experience God in the areas that we need him. Now, I do want to encourage everyone here to know something that you may not know. God needs you. Why would God need me? Well, he, he fell in love with you on the level that uh, he wants you to experience all that he experiences and the things that make him who he is. And so he chose to limit himself to your availability so that in relationship with you, by you and him being connected, he could fulfill his purpose. Amen. With you, he can do some things he can't do without you. Has anybody figured out you can't do some things without him? We just need him in our lives in order for certain things to happen. Well, he set it up to where for him to accomplish some of the things he wants to happen. He needs you and me. Amen. Does that translate in your spirit right now? And But you want to know that for sure, don't you? Does anybody really want to know that God needs me? I, I, I want that I know that I know that God needs me. And you want to get that revelation to where it can't be taken from you. I got it. It's mine. I got it. You know, in Micah 6 and 8, it says this, and what does the Lord require of you? That you act justly and love mercy 
and to walk humbly with your God. I have found out that it's a whole lot easier to act justly and to love mercy if I'm walking humbly with God. <laughs> Just want you to pause for a minute. Think about that. How many times have we tried to act justly and do the right thing and we couldn't do it? We worked hard at it. Our attempts were noble, but we just couldn't do it. At the end of the day, we failed the test. And so I've come to realize that to be able to walk humbly with him, it takes an experience from him. That's my personal revelation that God gave me. He said, son, otherwise you'll put on this mask of false humility. But if you ever let me love you and you let me show you how much I care for you, it'll create a dynamic of humility that comes out of our love one for the other. Amen. And then you will act justly and you will love mercy. Amen. Does that seem to sound right? But in our Christian world today, I'm finding out after merging with many that say, you know, I believe in Jesus, that they're having a challenge with the fact that does God really love me? Don't raise your hand, but how many of you here today have questioned whether or not God loves you? Don't raise your hand. Is that real? You don't have to say amen. There's a reason for that. Amen. And we want to talk about that today. We want to go after the blesser. We want to go after the blesser. He already has all the blessing you can handle waiting on you. But the most important blessing that you and I could focus on is the fact that God was so in love with us that he made a way when there wasn't really a way. He came and paved the way for you and I to have life and that life in abundance. Amen? And so just pausing for a moment to challenge you that we've all at some point in our existence questioned the love of God for our own selves. And the Lord wants to put that question to rest once and for all. Amen. In every heart. Would y'all agree? Amen. Connection is huge. God wants to be connected passionately with you. He is so into you right now. And we've talked about it here in the past few weeks that God is everywhere at the same time, all the time. He's, a, he's everywhere. But the reality of God and his passion for you and I, amen, what makes you so special, this is what makes you so awesome, the apple of his eye is that 
He centers on you in the moment. Every moment, he wants to be with you all the time. But we have to make a decision. Are we going to let him be our lover and our Lord and our source and our everything in the moment? Are we going to let the past pull on us? Are we going to jump out here and try to get off in the future, outside the moment, and try to figure stuff out? Has anybody ever done that before? God is in the moment, and he's real, and he's powerful, and he has dominion, and his authority is real in the moment. And he's asking us to let him be God. He's not asking us to get outside the moment. He's asking us to embrace him in the moment. And if you come to realize today that, oh, my goodness, I just caught myself. I was outside the moment sitting here in the pew. Amen. I was down and out because of yesterday's failure. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you're getting pulled on in all kinds of ways, and you're not really in the moment with an open heart for him to come and be Lord of his house. Amen. Amen. Jesus comes to the temple and he uh, braids a whip before he gets there. I don't sound like Jesus. But he's wanting to say something about his house. I'm just, he's giving me the setup right now on this particular point. Know ye not that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. You've been given the opportunity to let God glorify himself in you. You've been given that opportunity. I've been given that to glorify him in my body. This body belongs to him. Does anybody agree with that? How does it belong to him? He demonstrated his love for you and I by giving his own blood. And he purchased us. That's all we were. We're slaves. All of us were slaves to death, hell. We, was de- we, was, we were servants to sin. And he came and he purchased us. But he's not going to make us fall in love with him. He's going to offer us the opportunity to fall in love with him. And he's going to give us reason to know that he loves us if we'll choose him. He bought me, yet he won't make me choose him. He offers me life, but he's not going to make me take that life. He'll let me go the way of death. Not without him knocking on my door and pursuing me every day. Every moment of every second of every day. And I, and I, I feel like I need to just stay right here because some of you here today believe in Jesus. But only to the point that you know he exists. You don't know that he cares for you yet. Did y'all know the devil believes in one God and trembles? 
Did y'all know that? And that if all you ever get to in your faith is that he exists, you're no different than the demons? God didn't put you together and put breath in your body and give you his heart for you just to be no different than a demon. It's not, it's not, he's not jumping up and down because you believe he exists. He wants our hearts. And he knows how to get it, y'all. He knows how to get it. Amen. I know I wanted that girl's heart. So I went to work trying to get it. But for me to get it, she was going to have to give me the opportunity to take it. And she did. I invited her out to go out with me, just hang out. I don't even remember the name of that hamburger joint. I couldn't see any of the, anything but you. Anybody tracking? That's, and that's just a small illustration of how Daddy looks at his kids and how the groom looks at the bride and his passion for us. It's just a small. So Jesus arrives at the temple and he, he, and he goes in and he knocks all the tables of the money changers down and all the pursuing blessing. He wants to get all that passion for materialism and having things. He goes in there and just turns it all over. And he says, you've made my house a den of thieves. And that don't look like the Beatitudes at work. It looks like something else is going on. And it is. He's given us a demonstration of how he's going to prove his love for us. And he gives us a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and fire that's about to come and purge his house. That's what happens when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It's Jesus doing it, y'all. Like John said, it's him that's going to baptize you with, with spirit and with fire. He's going to thoroughly purge his floor with unquenchable fire. What's he going to do? He's going to take out every idea and every thought and every passion that says, amen, God don't love me. He's going to remove all the lies and all the passion to have things, and you're going to fall in love with him because you let him experience, you allow him to give you an experience of his love. How many professed believers need an experience of the love of God in our world right now? How many of you are here today and you need an experience of the love of God so that you can say, I know that I know that I know? Connection. He's, he's intimate. He wants intimate connection, ladies and gentlemen. And he gives us a physical demonstration. That, that, that building that was made with hands, stones and mortar, he said, that's not my house. 
You can't build me a house with your hands. My house is mankind. My house is the heart of humanity. That's my house. And he knows how to get our heart if we'll let him in. And the moment you let him in and you let him sit down with you in your spirit and commune with you, you will find out, oh, does he love me? Oh, does he care for me? And with him, I can do all things. Amen? The, the, the principle of connection is that God comes to his house and he cleans it up. That house finds out who that house really is, amen, which is me and you. We find out we're sons and daughters, that we're the bride of Christ. We take on our true identity. We step into our true identity after he cleans it up. And then all things are possible. He is glorified. It's the plan of God by way of connection. But until I experience, y'all, this y'all kind of catch this, until I experience the fact that he loves me, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep pursuing blessing. I'm going to still try to get things. I will still pursue things that I think will bring fulfillment and pleasure to my life. I can't help it. I don't have any power over myself but to do that until I choose to humble myself before his mighty sentence. The Lord, help me. I haven't found anything in this world that has brought fulfillment. I have experienced anything in this world that makes a difference. And I've gone as far as I go. I need you, Lord, to come and clean up the house. Turn over every table, every idea, every lie, every imagination that I've entertained. Get it out of me so your house can be a house of fellowship, a house of communion, a house of prayer, a house of intimate connection. You exist with his passion, amen, to love you to connect with you, to show you how powerful he is through you and to give you identity, amen, and value. That's why you exist and I exist. But there's barriers, y'all, that push against our connection with God every day. Barriers that hinder us from getting really Sloppy, I, I like that word, uh, ooey-gooey, drooly, heated in our passion with him. As long as there's things in this world that can distract me from the love affair that he's after, I haven't let him in yet. Is it okay that I plan today in the moment and I make room for him to be intimate with me all day long? Is that okay with God? Is that what he wants? 
Does he want complete access to be in my covering, my source, my provider, my everything? Does he want that? Can, I, can my attention be drawn away to a lot of good things, but they're not God things? Is that possible? Is the enemy powerful enough to convince me that I got a lot of good stuff for Jesus Can he do that? Is he, does he manipulate for that control and power? Has it ever happened? Have you ever done anything good for Jesus and at the end of it you was beat up? Pastor Lowe, quit meddling right now. I'm not. Jesus is cleaning the house. He wants every lie, every imagination, every demon that has influence in us that we don't know has influence in us, that keeps us trying to walk justly and to appear to love mercy, but yet we're not walking humbly with him. Is that real? Yes, that's real. Amen. Pride is one of the barriers. Why would I have pride in my life? Well, the same way that Adam had pride in his life. How did he get it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Read, read in Genesis 3 when you get a chance. Sorry about that, guys. I'm going to give you all a break. In Genesis chapter 3, you will find that the enemy convinced Adam, and Adam includes man and woman, the man and the woman, and he convinced them to eat of the tree. And the moment they eat of the tree that the one who really loved them asked them not to do, so that would confirm that connection, amen, they realized something. They realized they were naked. Have you ever realized something before that made you run from Jesus? a good question have you ever become aware of something and the next thing you know you're trying to hide from the one that loves you look y'all this is a good news message today the enemy is like oh my goodness there's some powerful people about to stand up they're gonna make a difference moving forward because I can assure you that the enemy's good at making you think things for, from heaven that are not from heaven. He'll help you make a decision that appears to be good, but it's not God. And we all have got the scars that come with that. At the end of the day, we have no energy left. We're beat up because we work so hard for Jesus today. Some of y'all are doing some evaluating right now. You're going to start writing down the notes on the fact, oh, my God, oh, my goodness. Because when you're walking humbly with him, it's because you've experienced his love on the level that you're just like, oh, man, wow. And it's light and easy. Everything just happens. It's just pouring out of you. It's just, man, the kingdom of God is just pouring out of you like a river of life. 
and you sleep well at night, you get up bubbly and excited about, and you just stay in the moment with Jesus. Boy, the Lord's talking to us Christians today, isn't he? And we're finding out that being Christ may not be Christian. What did you just say, Pastor? It, it, it hit you, though, didn't it? Because our idea of a Christian, we believe it's Christ. And if it is Christ, then why are you so beat up? If your idea of Christianity is Christ, why are you not running full of joy and peace, demonstrating the very essence of the fruit of the kingdom? Why isn't it there? And it isn't because God don't love you. It's because the enemy's good at putting a mask on and making you think a lot of things is Christ. And you'll pursue the blessing at the expense of the blesser. Let me tell you something. If you want the blessings of the kingdom, they come with the blesser. We talked about Jacob last week. i got a few minutes just to recap so we can get to the point here. Remember, Jacob had mommy and daddy issues. Yeah, Isaac loved Esau. Rebecca loved Jacob. That's mommy and daddy issues. But it wasn't the kids' fault. That's right. Aren't we all parents? Did we hit the mark perfectly? Did we mess up? Did, did, our, did we hand off issues to our kids? Me and Tammy, I tell you, we did. We get up and just make everybody run to the altar. <laughs> Was there any ill intent? Absolutely not. I hadn't met a parent that I know of personally that has real ill intent when it comes to the children. It's not, that's not that they don't get up with any ill intent. Stuff happens because we're carrying baggage. We're carrying iniquities, and we've made our own vows, and we need to forgive people in the mix too. And so Jacob is a product of his covering, mom and daddy issues. And, and mom and daddy facilitated the issues in Esau and in Jacob. Amen? Oh, me. And Jacob wants the blessings. And he's willing to do interesting things to get the blessing. And he does. He waits till his brother's almost dead and then makes him commit to give him the birthright before he gives him life, substance to live. Then he manipulates his own father into blessing him by appearing to be Esau when he wasn't and lying in the midst of it to get the blessing. Now, he's running for fear because Esau must be tough. And, and Jacob said, I can't stand up to that guy. I'm running for his life. Has anybody ever felt like that before? You're running for your life? It's amazing how God knows exactly when we're running for our life. And he'll meet us there in our beat-up circumstances anybody got tested everybody could raise your hand on that one he met us when we make our bed in hell he says i'll be there too because i love you and i'm not quitting how many of you have made your bed in hell we got a lot of 
fiery stories, don't we? Amen. And he has a dream, a letter ascending, descending, angels ascending and ascending on that ladder. And he wakes up and he realizes this is the house of God. And he makes a commitment. I wonder, how did he, how did he know to do that? I will, I will return to God a tenth of everything I get. Well, that, that was a cool idea. Where, who, who told him to do that? Obviously, Grandpa Abraham told him. This is how I got from where I am to where I am today, son. This was the number one thing, and this is the reason I'm here today is because I put him first. And so Jacob is still Jacob. He's got all his tendencies. He's got all his character flaws. He's got his mommy and daddy issues still going on. But he's trying to connect to God. If you wouldn't want to connect to God, just start putting God first. If you really want to start connecting, if you really need Jesus in your life, go after him by being, making him first. Don't make him second or third floor. I ain't, you're not there yet. As soon as i got room for you to be first, I'll let you know. No, don't do that because it don't work that way. But a lot of Christians doing that. As soon as I win the lottery, Lord, I'll put you first. Well, you didn't have to say it like that, Pastor. Yeah, I know. Yeah, visa is number one, and the, the, the house note and the electric bill and and Uncle Sam, he he's definitely number one. No, you got to put all of them below him. If you really want to connect, he wants your heart. I wasn't gonna date that girl if she was dating somebody else. I might have tried. Because I'd have called that other one the devil. I'm gonna save her from the devil. Is that what Jesus is pretty much doing? We've been dating the devil long enough and, and going to church. That's why we don't go to church as a true believer. We are the church. But you can go to church and date the devil. But to be the church, he wants your heart. And Jacob is returning to God the first portion of everything he receives, and he is being blessed. The blessings are coming. But he's still got mommy and daddy issues. He's still got stuff going on in his life because it's now it's time because it ain't working out well with his father-in-law because he's getting more prosperous and more wealthy than his own father-in-law. And so it's important that he leaves. And when he leaves, he's got to go back and he's got to deal with Esau now. And I'm not ready for that. Because he's not sure yet where he is with God. He's not sure. And he says to his wives and his servants, he says, uh, y'all hang out right here. I'm going to go over here to Peniel, and I got to have a prayer meeting. And that's where some of us are at today. We're going to have to have that real rendezvous with God and while he was at Pinnell with his heart open before God <laughs> God comes in theophany form as a man and he wrestles with Jacob and Jacob somehow thinks that he's actually 
wrestling with God and ain't going to tell God what to do. Has anybody ever done that before? We don't say it out loud, but we act like it. And he's wrestling with God, and God says, let me go. Like, if I want to go, I'll leave, but let me go for day breaketh. It's an important time where angels ascend and descend. And Jacob said, I'm not letting you go to you. He's still going after the blessing. He still ain't got deliverance from, I got to have the blessing. I'm not going to let you go to you. Bless me. And God then gives him an experience and he touches his hip, changes his ability to walk and says, I'm going to change your name now. It's not going to be Jacob no more. This is how I see you. You're Israel. When God gives you a name change, there's an experience happening. When, when, when Simon got a name change, it was because he had an experience with God. So thou art the Christ, the Son of the living. Flesh and blood didn't reveal the Father in heaven. Name change. I'm going to call you Peter now. And this is how God brings us into intimate fellowship with him. Some of you need a name change today. You still see yourself in the mirror as being what your mommy and daddy called you. But our Heavenly Father wants to give you your real name. Hello. That's where we're at today. And when Jacob come out of that wrestling match and when God gave him an experience of a name change, he walked differently. You could tell he had met God. And now he's facing Esau humbly walking with the Lord. Humbly. And instead of wanting the blessing, he's now wanting to bless Esau. Oh, he was freaking out. He was scared to death of Esau. He, he, he was willing to give to Esau everything because he was afraid. No, no, different attitude. He'd just come out of a connection, an intimate connection with God, and it didn't matter no more. I got to bless her now. All that I have, hey, Esau, hey, be blessed. I got what I need now. And that's where some of us are today in our relationship with God. We need the blesser to come in and clean the house up and take over his own house. Is that true? And so pride, pride is a problem. Number one thing, it's a barrier between you and this intimate connection with God. If, you're, if you deal with the fact that you're afraid to talk about Jesus among your coworkers because, you know, the government said stop, well, then serve the government. And I don't mean be disobedient to your magistrates in the sense that God's the one to put the magistrates there. But it's time to walk in wisdom, y'all. We're not, we're not in nobody's face with Jesus. Bear good fruit is what I'm saying. Bear good fruit. Everybody likes good fruit. I hadn't met one person that doesn't like good fruit. And Jesus and his nature and his character is what the Beatitudes are. We're not in nobody's face, but we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world in intimate relationship with him. This is so important. If you're ashamed to speak about Jesus, if you're ashamed to 
depict Jesus. If you're ashamed for anyone to say, oh, you're one of those Jesus believers, aren't you? If you're ashamed of that, it's because of pride. You still hadn't connected. It's a barrier, y'all. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. The only way pride goes is through intimate connection. Unbelief. Pastor, as soon as I can understand what God's saying, I'll do it. No, faith is what God requires for us to please him. In other words, let's say it this way. The greatest form of worship that any one of us can do is trust him. Faith isn't faith if you understand, is it? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. God wants to come to you intimately and give you the kind of hope that moves mountains. I'm sure my wife, there had to be some kind of level between her. As soon as I married Dwayne, I'm going to get all the candy I want, all the cereal I want. I mean, she had a list of things, she's, but she, she, she's been honest about this. I didn't get this one. She made all kinds of vows. She's got, we got to turn some tables over in her life. But she says, as soon as I get married, I'm, I'm going to get all. <laughs> she had hope. I know we're laughing about it, but does anybody need some hope today? Guess where you get that hope? From an intimate outpouring of spirit and fire. You get a knowing that you can't get any other way. I can't explain it to you, but I got it. And you're not ashamed. There's no pride there. There's no unbelief. You totally trust the fact that, hey, huh, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I just got this idea. I'm going to get it, whatever it is, because he loves me. Whatsoever you desire, boom. But he wants our greatest desire to be him. Amen. Pride is real. Unbelief is real. And it will hold us captive if we don't have our heart tuned in to hearing the voice of God. If you don't have an ear to hear what the Lord is saying, you're not in a good place. Is this helping anybody? He or she that hath an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. He said that multiple times, y'all. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. I'm intimate with them. I connect. When they hear, I connect. And they're empowered now to follow me. You ever wonder why you're not following him? You can't let him be intimate yet with you. You don't know what you don't know until you experience him. When you experience him, now you have empowerment. Now you have authority. Now you have dominion. Now you're in his name. You had a name change. It's not me that doeth it, but it's Christ in me. Jesus is doing his work. You see him here because I'm now called by that name and I am now covered by that name, and I am in covenant with that name. That's who I am. Identity crisis, y'all, is real, isn't it? Paul is dealing with a church that has an identity crisis. 
And then the, the, his own brethren are giving him trouble. And the, and the, and the Gentile church is challenged because the, the Israelites, the Jews, are pressing their idea of who the, God's favorite is upon them. And Paul has to write a letter. It's in your Bible. You read it for yourself. Read the book of Galatians. It's like, duh. And Paul is saying, look, you're not less than the Jews. From heaven's lens, the middle wall has been broke down. There's neither Jew nor Greek, but one new man. And he tells another Gentile church, he said, you're not a Jew as one outwardly, but inwardly. And then he goes on and says to the same church of Galatia, he says, what God's looking for is a new creation. And anyone that goes with this, how do you get a new creation? You're baptized into Christ. You're buried with him in baptism. You're raised to, you become a new creature in Christ. He said, all that yield to this rule, they are the Israel of God. That's why, he, why is he writing these letters? There's an identity crisis. If you think you're less than someone else, the enemy has an open door now. If you can't believe with all your heart that you're Jesus' favorite, you're in trouble. Anyone that experiences spirit and fire baptism in him, they're not guessing. They know, no, I'm his favorite. You're not questioning, you're, you're not less than anybody in the earth. Yet, you walk humbly with him, and you make him top-notch. And because he's got your heart, you make others feel special. You serve them. And you honor him because he values and he treasures everybody. And you do what's right. Amen? You do justice. You love mercy. And you're just like your daddy. You're just like your husband. Amen? Connection. It's huge, isn't it? Identity crisis. And Paul's letting them know, you're not less than the Jews. You're not less than the Jews. The Jews had to be born again too. The Jews, if they were going to walk with him, they had to go and be baptized in his name too. They too couldn't be a witness in the salt of the earth unless they were filled with the Spirit and with fire too. And anybody that doesn't choose him, whatever culture they're from, whatever nationality they say that, don't mean that, that uh -uh, that's not the identity that God called them to. It's about Jesus, y'all. It's all about Jesus. Amen. And then... The fourth thing is we are um, less or we, have, we don't have the kind of revelation or the vision that supports his vision. Amen. Without vision, the people perish. Without vision, you cast off restraint. Amen? And you go the wrong direction. If you don't have clarity of vision or clarity of revelation, you will get in trouble. Amen? 
And so how do I keep clarity of vision? Well, I'm hanging out with my brother because he knows who he is. He's in Jesus' name too. I'm in Jesus' name. And when two in his name come together, daddy shows up. Wherever two or three gather, revelation's coming. An outpouring of I know that I know is going to come in the room. The DNA of the kingdom is right here in us, David. And all of a sudden now we know something. Can't explain it, but we know it. And we agree together. We lock arms. And we walk with trust, humbly before God. And because we're trusting him with what we can't explain, but we know it, it's called worship. It's called worship. And everybody wants to be in that place with the one that, it's called the architect that made it all, put us together. And we're here today because he's the one that drew us into this room. We're here today because of the grace of God. He is trying to get us to go on a date with him, some of us. Some of us, he's, we, we got married. We're all in. But then there's some of us, we're still courting him. And we're trying to figure out how many blessings are going to come with this covenant. Instead of going after the covenant. Hello. I'll go with you, Jesus, as long as I get what I want. Mm, you're not ready yet. Jesus addresses the group in John chapter 16. And he makes a statement. He said, until now... John 16, you've asked nothing in my name. Well, they've been with him three and a half years. They've seen the dead raised. They've seen the blind eyes open. They've seen the lame walk. They've seen the leper cleansed. I mean, all kind of wonderful things are happening. And he makes it clear to him. He says, uh, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. But you're about to ask in my name that your joy may be full. It's one thing to see the handiwork of the kingdom of God. It's another thing to be fulfilled from the joy that you're part of it. What's he talking about in chapter 16 and 7? He's talking about the advocate, the comforter that's coming. He's talking about the new birth where when Jacob had a name change, ah, he got it. He's talking about what's about to happen you're going to have a name change. You're going to come into covenant. You're going to come an intimate covenant with me. You're going to take my name, and your joy is going to be full. But you ain't, you ain't been able to do that. You, you haven't been in my name yet. Jesus is with them. He sends them out by two, but they're not yet in his name. And he even clarifies it when they say, oh, we're going to tell everybody you come out of the grave. No, you're not. You're going to hang out right here. And you're going to tarry until I give you an experience of my love that you don't have yet, and it empowers you. Then you can be my witnesses. And that was taking his name. I want to ask you a question. Are you married to Jesus yet? Are you married to Jesus? Are you part of the bride of Christ yet? Did y'all know the bride of Christ has a name? Did y'all know that? And that name is above every name. There's not ever been a name like this name. It's a name above every name. 
Yahweh is greater than Yahweh's name. Because Yahweh is the one that gave his boy his name. But guess what's happening here? The Father is revealing himself too. I've never shared this name with humanity until now. The name that I'm going to give my son has been my name. That's the biggest name there's ever been. And he reveals his name to humanity through the body he robed himself with. And he shall save his people from their sins. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Is baptism a deed? Just pause for a minute. And Jesus tells his followers, I want you to go into all the earth, I want you to baptize in every nation, everyone in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I want you to baptize every one of them. Now, you go to a, an English teacher that knows what they're talking about, they'll tell you, you better find out what the name is. Find out what the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit is, and that's what you baptize in. English teacher tell you that. They do the English right. But let me help you out. The ones that heard him give that command, they didn't go repeat it. They went and obeyed it. And every time they baptized anyone, they were baptized in Jesus' name because there's not another name above that name. Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. And I'm sending the Holy Spirit in my name. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. And if you want to have a love affair with him that's intimate, you must receive his name. And they were convicted. And they said, what shall we do? And Peter, the one that God chose as his spokesman for the gospel, the eternal gospel, said, repent. Repent of all the money changers and the thieves in the house. Get all, we got to get that stuff out. we got to clean the house up here. Repent. You're not pursuing the blessing. You're pursuing the blesser now. You're going to come into covenant with him. Let's get the stuff out of the house. Repent. Change the way you think. Stop thinking like that. Now go down in that water in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this is to this generation and the next generation and to as many as our Lord our God shall call. It don't change, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about connection. That girl right there as a type of the kingdom of God. I'm just a man. She's just a woman. But she took my name in covenant. And she'd been using that name a pretty good bit for the last 42 years. And she's taken advantage of all the things that come with it. And I've been enjoying a relationship with her. And we love one another more now than we've ever loved one another. Because we found out that in his name, me and her can be kids again. And we both decided that our covenant together as man and woman is all because of Jesus.
It's a setup right now. He said, until now, you've asked nothing. And they've seen mighty works. They've seen wonderful things. They've seen the hand of God. But until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Because we're not, we're not, you're not in it yet. But you're about to be. You're about to be. Oh, you may have had some fun, y'all, in, your, in our Christianity, in our Christian world. We may have seen some handiwork of heaven. We may have seen some things happening. Yep, but the evidence that you don't have the peace you need and the joy you need right now is because you ain't in his name yet. Marriage is about to break up and crash and burn. You're not in his name yet. I go to church every weekend. My God, I don't know what's wrong. It ain't about going to church on the weekend. It's about being in the moment with your lover. Pursuing the blesser, not the blessing. Well, which one is it? And the fruit always tells off on which one it's been. If I'm pursuing blessing, there ain't no kingdom fruit there. But when I pursue the blesser, Could we stand? Connection, y'all. Connection. I'm talking about intimate connection. You want things to be different? If I was you today, and I want things to be different, but you see, does anybody see trouble coming? Don't, don't raise your hand. You see trouble coming in your relationship with your spouse. You see trouble coming in the world. You see trouble coming in politics. You see trouble with finances. You see there's trouble all around us, isn't it? And if you're thinking about what trouble you see coming, you're not in the moment. But if you can take all the baggage of what you see going on and you're trying to make things happen that make it as soft as possible as it shows up, the Lord wants you to bring all that to him and leave it at his feet today. You're not going to fix your spouse. You're not going to fix your finances. You're not going to fix the world you're living in. Is that true? But you can fix one thing. You can fix how you think. You can make a choice today that I'm bringing all this stuff I've been carrying and I'm going to leave it at his feet and I'm going to get in the moment with him. Come hell or high water, y'all, he's going to get his house. I don't know how, but I'm opening it up. and I don't know how he's going to enter and take over. I need Jesus to do a cleanup in me. I've got too many religious ideas, too many Bible studies, too many... Pastor, no, 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 no. We've got all kinds of ideas of who Jesus is that he's not. And all kinds of ideas on how other people should act and live. And he's not interested in how we think about how other people should be living. He wants to know, do you want to be with him? He can fix people. You can't. But you can become his house. You can become his mouthpiece. You can come his feet and his hands. And you can walk humbly with him. And justice and mercy will manifest. But you're going to have to bring all the baggage and leave it at his feet. He wants your heart. All of it. Amen.
I'm raising my hand for I need Jesus. Does anybody else need Jesus here? Anybody that believes you really need Jesus, would you come forward today? Amen. Let's, every time you make a step, the enemy's shaking right now. He is, he's had enough. Amen. He can't handle the fire. Amen. That's happening with your agreement today that I need Jesus. And I'm not leaving here until I'm totally captivated in the moment for you to be Lord of my life. Every breath, every thought, all of my heart belongs to you today, Father. I open up to you. I repent for pursuing, amen, what I thought was you, but it was blessing instead of you being the blesser. Lord, I repent right now for pursuing materialism, pursuing things, amen, Amen. An American dream. I've come here today to pursue you. You're my hope. You're my joy, Lord. Do what you need to do until I'm changed right now. Father, I thank you for the spirit and fire that you're passionate about happening right now in every heart. Lord, teach us how to get into the moment with you and never leave it. Not to worry about the evil of the day, the trouble in this world, but to be focused on you being the provider, the miracle worker, the one sitting on the throne. Use us today, Lord. Pour your kingdom out from every heart today. Glorify your name as we submit to enter into you, Lord, in covenant with your name. Be filled with the Spirit. That's it. Start. Just be thankful right now. You feel God? Lift your hands and open your heart. Be filled with the Spirit. Receive the Spirit of God and the fire. In Jesus' name.